0: Hello and welcome to the 4 Comic Junkies Podcast. When the comics aren't enough and you need a little extra fix. And you want to celebrate some anniversaries, which is what we've been doing all month. And it's been so exciting, so crazy. I feel super old, but hey, it's all, it's all good. Because some of this yeah. stuff ages like fine wine. Sometimes it doesn't. No, sometimes but- you look that at one point <laughs> but you know it's okay we still you know we still like what we like for whatever reason um so returning guest today cory ferraro what's up cory hey how's it going everybody thanks for having me again jj of course of course um it's always exciting uh getting you on the show i think you know we think a lot alike when it comes to some of uh all this geek stuff and um, and even if we don't, we can still have a good time talking about it. Um, so today we're talking about the 15th anniversary of Revenge of the Sith, which, uh, crazy. it's funny, you know, I, I said this in a previous episode, um, like the Empire Strikes Back is 40 and I was like, oh, well that tracks that, that movie was old when I was a kid, but this movie came out when I was a kid. <laughs> so now I'm old. Yeah. Um, I remember when this movie came out, um, you and I talking about it, and basically, uh, our overall thought was, you know what, this basically did better, this was the movie we were waiting for with the prequels, and it kind of made the other two movies in a way sort of obsolete, because it's like, well, this is what I wanted anyway, we got to see the fall of Anakin Skywalker, and the rise of the Sith, and the fall of the Jedi, and Obi-Wan going into hiding, and blah blah blah, you know. Um, The Rise of Darth Vader, so to speak, Um, which is really what the movie is all about um, at the end of the day. Um, But uh, what were your what are your overall thoughts on this movie?
1: Well, it's funny. I I find myself thinking a lot about the Rise of Skywalker. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And you told me that we were going to do Revenge of the Sith. And I remember You know, I was 21 when Revenge of the Sith came out, so this is a while ago, but I remember feeling the same way about Revenge of the Sith that I felt about Rise of Skywalker going into it, that, okay, this movie needs to cover a lot of ground and do a lot of things to make up for the problems that existed in the previous two.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. You would have thought that they would have learned their lesson with the prequels and not dragged the story out and not left so many unanswered points, but they did the exact same thing in Force Awakens and uh, The Last Jedi that they did in Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. There was so much that needed to be done in in that third installment of the trilogy that it wound up being better than the previous two, but still lacking in so many ways. Mm. So... But yeah, it's kind of it's kind of neat. I um, I haven't watched Revenge of the Sith in a while, but not too long ago I was doing a Star Wars marathon after Rise of Skywalker came out, and I do remember rewatching it. I was going to try to watch it right before um, we had this podcast, but it just didn't happen. I'm a teacher; it's the end of the year craziness. And you know, I would say it's definitely the best of the prequels, but it definitely had some huge flaws. And uh, I know I've been speaking with you and, and, and speaking with some of my other friends who are really big Star Wars fans. I think the main problem that a lot of people have with the film is how quickly Anakin falls and how dark he falls when he does. You know,
0: it's. Uh, I, I will say uh, that I thought that his fall was it was better written in this film than in Attack of the Clones. Whereas I didn't find his transition from episode one to two very believable. I think the 10-year time gap didn't help anything. I think it, it would have been better if Hayden Christensen had been Anakin the entire time. Um, but, uh, I mean, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. George Lucas made the movie he wanted to make. So, you know, what, do, what are you going to do? But uh, I, I didn't find his reasoning for kind of turning on the Jedi all too... Um, it's not unbelievable, you know, Um, he's, he, and I think it's done pretty well throughout the film, I, I mean, the writing and the acting is a little choppy, but the story itself, I think, is good, because, you know, you see him just increasingly becoming more and more disenfranchised with the Jedi, and, and him kind of going, and you have the Jedi that just kind of treat him like, all right, Skywalker, we get it, we get it, you know, you're, you know, they kind of put him down a lot, whereas Palpatine is always talking him up. Um, and it's it's kind of sad when you watch it, and it's just like, you know, like Mace Windu is just straight up like, okay, yeah, I guess you could be on the council, but we're not going to make you a Jedi, or we're not going to make you a Jedi Master. And he's like, well, that doesn't make any sense. And then Palpatine's like, you know, you're right, Anakin, that doesn't make any sense. You're better than all that. And so getting that validation from an authority figure, you know, I... I just, uh, you know, I, I, I bought it, you know, again, like I said, the writing and the acting is a little choppy, but, um, but the story does it, there's, there's a lot of truth to that, I think. See,
1: when I watch it, I feel like, you know, how he was treated by the council and the flaws of the Jedi, while they were definitely part of the reason he fell, Mm -hmm. I think, this is just my take on it, Okay. Mm -hmm. So he finds out that he's having these dreams about his wife dying. Yeah, right. And so, put yourself in those in that position that you kind of have been walking this moral line for years, which was really established in the Clone Wars, which we'll get back to in a second. Because sure. I really yeah. feel like Clone Wars make Rise of uh, Revenge of the Sith so much better.
0: 100. Uh, um, yes.
1: percent, So you've been walking this kind of fine moral line for a while, crossing it several times when people weren't looking. And then you find out that your wife's going to die, and you find out from this guy that you trust, Palpatine, that the Sith have the possibility of bringing someone back from the dead. That if you are powerful enough, you could potentially do it. I think when you look at it through that lens, I think is the only way that it really kind of starts to make sense. Yeah. Because if your bosses suck, you don't join an evil cult.
0: You know know what I mean? Like, your
1: bosses are just jerks. You don't like, well, I'm going to murder a bunch of children. You know what I mean? Like, that's how I'm going to react to it. No, but if you are completely desperate to say, well, okay, maybe I'm just too rational about it. Um, But uh, if you, I mean, like, what would cause this guy to embrace this dark part of who he was so much, so strongly, so quickly? And I think it was desperation. It was desperation to try to save the woman that meant everything to him, yeah. which is, you know, Anakin Skywalker is one of my favorite characters, my favorite fictional characters in, in any universe, Harry Potter, Star Wars, DC, he's one of my favorites, because his greatest flaw turns out to be his greatest strength, his greatest flaw is his emotional attachment to things, yeah. and to people, and it's what drives him to the dark side, but it also what drives him to, quote unquote, now we have to say this, quote unquote, kill the Emperor, yeah. in uh, episode six,
0: um, he
1: <laughs> He, the Jedi just divorced themselves of emotion and desire, very, very similar to like Buddhist monks, Christian monks, you know what I mean? Yeah. But Anakin was never that guy. He could never divorce himself from those emotions. So, again, to go back to my original point, you know, if you knew your wife was going to die and uh, it was inevitable, and this guy says, well, there is a potential way to save her, but you have to become really strong in this side of the force in order to do it that could be what could lead you to start murdering a bunch of people. And then when he goes to that length and starts murdering all those people and then is lied to, sort of lied to by Palpatine when Palpatine says well your rage is what killed her because you know you could you could argue i i hate the whole died of a broken heart thing so i'm going to say that she died due to complications during the pregnancy from when he forced choked her. I'm just going to go with that. I the
0: I believe that. Yes. <laughs>
1: So, when he finds out that, you know, in the process of embracing this dark side of him, he might have been the one that actually killed the woman he loved, I mean, how do you come back from that, Yeah, you know? And that, to me, is what would plummet him into this position of self-loathing and uh, just embracing this dark person he's become. And you you read the uh, comics, right? Yes. Yeah, you know, you see that. They've done so well with that in some of the Star Wars comics, where... Mm he knows the emperor is a liar and he knows that he is a pawn, but he just doesn't.
0: Can I swear on here? Yeah. Go ahead. He just doesn't give a shit. He's, yeah. he's done
1: so many terrible things that he's gotten to the point where he hates himself and hates everything so much that he just doesn't care. Yeah. And then he finally finds something that he cares about in Luke when he finds out that his, his son is still alive. And then of course the rest is history. But Yeah. So when you look at it in that kind of Huge lens I think it makes a little bit more sense And then you know to go back to my previous point Um you know the Clone Wars Really flushes out That idea of how Anakin Has been pushing the boundaries for years And doing things that you know A dark side person Would would do You know taking life when a Jedi might not Lying and manipulating when a Jedi Might not um but yeah, so there's my little soapbox on Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> I still feel like it was too rushed, but when you look at it, in, it through that lens, in my opinion, that's the lens that I feel makes the most sense, or how we go from, I hate my bosses to I'm murdering children. I, I think that's the only lens that you can really look at it where it makes any
0: any level of sense. Um, <laughs> what do you think of I, that? I, I, I definitely do agree with you there. Uh, when you know, especially, you know, with the Clone Wars in context of everything, because the Clone Wars had a really kind of a, I think at first a thankless job, which is to kind of flesh out what was going on in between Episodes 2 and 3. And I think that um, while the first season I didn't really care for too much, um, it was a little too campy, they ended up really getting really very heavy in a lot of the later seasons. Um and one of my favorite moments, actually, I remember my sister telling me this and we ended up watching the episode later, um, is when um, I I don't remember the exact context. But I remember it was Obi-Wan talking to, uh, I am going to say her name was Sabine from Mandalore. Um, yeah. And there's that, that terrorist and, you know, he's kind of taunting both of them. He says, you know, you Jedi, you won't kill me you know and sabine you won't harm me because you're a pacifist he's like so who's yeah. going who's going to stop me and then anakin just comes up behind him and kills him Yeah, and
1: then you see the lightsaber just go right through her chest i remember that that was an awesome
0: moment yeah and it, you even get a little hint of the darth vader theme when they did that and and obi-wan's like anakin and anakin's just like what he was going to blow up the ship anakin. <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's they they did some really great stuff there where Um, they, they fleshed out those characters really well where I could believe that Obi-Wan, you know, probably knew that Anakin and, and Padme were a thing and he just kind of let it be because he's like, if he's happy, then, you know, that's fine. Um, because he's sort of, because with his whole relationship, he with uh, I, what was her name? Sabine. Am I saying that right? Because I know she's a, I know, Sabine. yeah, okay. Um, so it's like you know, he, you're talking about the girl from uh, from Rebels, right? No, no, I'm talking about the girl from Mandalore. Um,
1: oh, okay, yeah. Sabine is the girl from the Rebels oh, okay. show, isn't she? Uh, yes. yeah, I don't, I don't know who you're talking It's the girl that, like, um, she was the pacifist
0: I, it on Mandalore, established
1: that her and Obi-Wan had a relationship. Yeah, I can't remember what her name is.
0: Yeah, um, uh, but but anyway, um, she, uh, so. You, you saw that Obi-Wan, you know, and he even admitted, he was like, if you had given the, given the word, I would have left the Jedi Order. Um, and I remember seeing that episode and kind of just going, that's, that's really, really good, because it puts, it, it, like, retroactively makes Revenge of the Sith better. Um, yeah. And I think that one of the best lines in the movie, I mean, you, McGregor, I think, of all the, the original, the, the prequels, I should say, I mean, you McGregor, I thought, made the best transition from Padawan to Master from all three of the films, and I think he has such a great line when he tells Padme, he's like, I have to find Anakin, and she's like, you're going to kill him, and he doesn't really say anything, he stands up and he looks at her and says, you know, Anakin's the father, isn't he? And he's like, I'm so sorry. And it's just, it's so beautiful. I'm getting chills thinking about it, actually. <laughs> That's cool. Um... But I, I love little moments like that where you just, you know, you, when you can kind of let the actors be actors. And George Lucas, unfortunately, isn't very good at that. But, <laughs> uh, but in that, that, that scene, you know, there are a few scenes in there that he, he did pretty well with. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of funny stories from the first Star Wars <laughs> movie where, um, you know, Harrison Ford would say, okay, so what, what, what are we doing in this scene? And Lucas would just be like, I don't know, I wrote it. Just do that. <laughs> <laughs> and Harrison Ford was like, "Okay, well sometimes you can't do that. You know, I I need I need to help understanding the scene." <laughs>
1: yeah. A little bit more info would be good. Yeah. You know, when you were talking about that scene from Clone Wars, it made me think of the most recent season, 7. Yes. When and you know, 7 unfortunately in my opinion was kind of a throwaway season until the final four episodes. Agreed. Um but uh that one sequence when they were going after the um Start doing some research before I <laughs> before I come on here. Know <laughs> and, <you> know, everybody's Everybody <laughs> out of the room, and, and Anakin's in there with this guy, and Anakin just flat out tortures him. Yeah, you know what I mean? Tortures and kills him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, because you you figure that was one of the coolest things about the seventh season of Clone Wars is that it took place, you know, in those final moments of you know Revenge of the Sith, which was pretty cool. Like yeah. you could see you could see the things happening that were happening in Revenge of the Sith during the course of that season. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I remember when, when Anakin was, that was pretty dark, you know, yeah. pretty dark. Yeah. And uh, again, the, the shows have definitely done a lot, and the comics have done a lot to really flush out the character. And if I, you know, I know we're talking about Revenge of the Sith, but, you know, I have a feeling that the same thing is going to happen with the new trilogy. Um, especially Rise of Skywalker. I have a feeling the comics are gonna really flesh out some of those concepts and make them more believable that we saw in Rise of Skywalker, especially. I think we're gonna get a pretty detailed explanation of how the Emperor was able to cheat death. I know the novelization gave a lot of clues that he was able to transfer his soul or essence, whatever you wanna call it, as he was falling down the pit, you yeah. know, into the new body in that moment. So but I, I fully expect those things to be fleshed out more in future shows and future comic books too because there's some really cool concepts in Rise of Skywalker uh, just as there were some really cool concepts in Revenge of the Sith but again the movies were put in this terrible position where they had to do so much because the previous two movies in both host trilogies were just so lacking.
0: They they just... Uh, I, I think the problem with those movies in, in both situations was that they were trying too hard... They, they were like, well... We're telling this story, and then the next story will figure out kind of the rest of it. You know what I mean? It just. Which is uh, unfortunate, but um, the bright side to the, the prequel movies was that they, they actually had George Lucas throughout all three of them who wrote all three of them, so he knew what he was doing versus the sequel trilogy where Disney just said, no, we gotta pump these out as quick as possible. Um, and, they, and they ended up being, you know, pretty good, but. Um, you know, it's like I was re-watching uh, Empire Strikes Back, you know, you know, my friend Adam and I did a previous episode, um, and and we were just, like, looking at it going, man, this this movie 40 years later still holds up, um, it, and I think that, I would argue that Revenge of the Sith, you know, and, and the other movies, they, they all hold up, too, because they do have universal themes, um, like you were talking about with uh, Anakin's wife, you know, it's like, if you found out your wife was going to die, and... This person that you trust said, I, I can help you, you know, whereas the people you're supposed to be working for are kind of pushing you away. Wouldn't you, you know, kind of lean towards that other side? And it, yeah. it's it's okay. it's very believable. Um, it doesn't. Mis- Which is why I'm so glad that Revenge of the Sith
1: actually did get into cheating death, the Sith cheating death, because then that line becomes a throwaway lie. And I just, it's such a cool line. It's a line that fans have been obsessing over for years. You know, that opera scene in revenge of the Sith is like one of the fan favorite scenes ever. And, um, I'm so glad that it did, even though it kind of, you know, Ray defeating Palpatine kind of takes away from what Anakin did. And they could have done it better with her defeating him. Right. The fact that he was able to cheat death makes that it validates that scene that meant so much to so many and right. actually makes it,
0: you know, have a point. Right. I, I totally agree. Um I, I'd have to rewatch Rise of Skywalker. I have not seen it actually since it was in the movie theater. Um which has been a while now. Um but it's on, you know, it's on Disney Plus, yeah. I've got time. Um, yeah,
1: we watched it. And I, I, I really liked it. I thought it was better than... Uh, I, I think, honestly, Force Awakens is my least favorite Star Wars movie. No joke.
0: Oh, um, interesting. Uh, yeah, I just... That movie... We should do a podcast on it sometime.
1: Because <laughs> 7 and 8 were just so disappointing. I would take... I would honestly take the, the prequel trilogy over 7 and 8 any day. Because at least 7 and 8, or at least the prequel trilogy added things to the mythos and brought in cool concepts and really like gave you something new and seven was such a, a just a complete ripoff of four and eight started to delve into newer concepts and then chickened out and went back to status quo mm-hmm. you know so it's like i yeah i really do not care much for force awakens and and uh, last jedi But uh, The Rise of
0: Skywalker, I think, did redeem those films a little bit. That's interesting. I'm I'm literally just the opposite, where I prefer the other two movies over Rise of Skywalker. Uh. Um, I'd I'd be interested to watch all three of those together, though, and see how they kind of compare to each other. Uh, Just just from memory, I don't think very well. Um, Uh. But again, chalk that up to different directors coming in and doing different things, you know. It's it's not too terribly dissimilar from, you know, uh, Tim Burton doing Batman to Joel Schumacher doing Batman. It's like, well, they might have the same kind of idea of who Batman is, but at the end of the day, they're going to tell a, a totally different stories, um, or totally different versions of Batman, and, uh, and it's all preference, I guess. Uh, but... Uh, but, you know, the one of the other scenes in uh, Revenge of the Sith I think about a lot, you know, when going back to what you were saying before about uh, the, the you know, the opera scene, him talking about Darth Plagueis, I think that Ian McDermott, I mean, he sells that scene, you know, you're just pulled into that story like, oh man, like, you know, and it's, and us knowing who he is, you know, knowing he's the Sith Lord, right? He's the he's the yeah. he's the evil guy. And him the way he tells the story is just like, man, he is relishing this moment where he killed his master and he's just yes. you, you see his evil coming through, you know, it's really, yeah. really well done.
1: You know, one of the I think overall like it's an overarching problem in the Star Wars films is that they don't really get into characters' backstories very well. Yeah. You know, and, and when they do, it's kind of lip service. Like when they all of a sudden establish that Poe is part of a spice runner's gang on this planet and had a romantic relationship with this girl wearing a visor. You know what I mean? Like it was yeah. just thrown in there um, because they probably felt like they had to do something. And people were just drooling over that that sequence um, in the, the opera house because, you know, these characters mean so much to us. Yeah. And you know, any little tidbit that you can get on them is so important, you know. And and again, that's another reason why I take the the prequels over the um the the sequels is because, you know, you do get that backstory of Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. I mean think about what think about what Darth Vader was prior to the prequels. He was just this bad, bad dude, yeah. you know, who had a kid. who, who at the end, made the decision for his kid. Like, he was still cool, but knowing that story for as flawed as the prequels were, knowing the story of what he went through and why he became what he did, just gives it so much more... uh, It makes him such a cooler character. For as many flaws as there were, you know, it makes it so much better. So, yeah. There you go. Another another soapbox
0: moment. (laughs) No, no, totally. Um, I... I definitely agree with you there that getting, you know, the, the characters we learn the most about are, throughout all nine films, really, are Luke and and uh, and Anakin. Um, and, well, I guess uh, Ben as well, Ben Solo, I should say, Kylo Ren. Um, so those three characters are the only ones we really learn a lot about. Even three movies in, we still don't really know much about Rey um, other than she's a <laughs> Palpatine. Uh, we don't know you know we don't really know anything about finn other than he was drafted in when he was a baby uh to be you know brainwashed by the first order uh which again is a really very dark twisted story that they just did did not elaborate on which i think they ultimately could have and but Finn,
1: finn was definitely in my opinion the best part of seven and then they did nothing with him in eight and nine
0: yeah nothing they, oh, it was just so disappointing. It, it was. And and I think that, you know, with Poe, it was like, what was interesting about him was him being kind of the the Han Solo of, of the new movies where he's just, you know, rash and impulsive. And he's very, uh, I actually really love the the beginning of episode eight when, uh, you know, Leia's like, okay, you did a good job. Now come back. And he's like, no, 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 we're, we're going to finish this. And you kind of see. and I thought they did that scene really well, where they you get to see both sides of their story. Where he says, "Hey, you know, we you know we stopped that. We stopped the dreadnought. You know, there's a, there were a lot of heroes on this mission, and Leia just goes dead heroes. And it's like, you know, she has <laughs> she has that great line where she says, "Get your head out of your cockpit." Um, <laughs> uh, which side side note, uh, I saw a funny thing on Twitter where it was like, it was like, you know, Princess Leia, your Carrie Fisher is showing. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, it, Seth, when you look at the, the,
1: the new movies, you know, Seven, again, was just a story yeah. with, that introduced a lot of concepts that explained nothing. Pretty much. And then Eight was like all character development but didn't, didn't advance the plot, the overall plot of the story at all and didn't answer hardly any questions that had been given. Mm-hmm. And so Nine tried to advance the plot that was so far behind from seven and eight. I mean, it was no matter, even, you know, people were drooling all about that other script that existed of nine. And I, I, will be honest with you. I saw like some of the spoilers of it, but I'm, um, I did not even bother reading it. Like why obsess about a movie that didn't get made? There's clearly a reason that this movie didn't get made. And even if that was the version they would have chosen, um, it would have still been super flawed and super rushed and, and, and things like that. And I'm glad Ben got uh, went good at the end. I agree. You know, can you imagine a, a Star Wars trilogy ending on such a tragic, dark note? I, I just can't do that.
0: I thought about that, too, actually. Where Actually, I, I came around to that way of thinking, though, because I kept thinking, I don't think they should redeem Kylo. I, I think it would be more interesting if he stayed evil... But then, throughout Rise of Skywalker, I was like, I was like, no, no, I, I, I thought his redemption was handled really, really well, uh, yeah. And it's like I can't. <laughs> I, I saw a video online of when he shows up on the, on the Sith planet the, again. The names are escaping me. Um, and it's it's to the Bring tune. I'm sorry. Mexico. Exegol. Exegol, Yes. Okay. And it's to the tune of "I Need a Hero." <laughs> I need a hero. I did see
1: that video yeah, as well. <laughs> I, love,
0: I love that. I'm like, this should just be in the movie. <laughs> this is way That's better fire. than the actual movie. <laughs> um, but but I I liked that because it, again I thought it was a good it was a good flip to the Anakin story where you know we all knew that Anakin was gonna go was gonna go to the dark side, um, but it was interesting to see Anakin struggling with the good and with the light and the dark side um and ultimately yes we know he's going to fall to the dark side but even not knowing i think it, the movie's painted pretty obvious that he's going to go that way and i think that the sequel movies did a really good job of doing just the opposite with kylo where he was very like trying very hard to push away his light side but ultimately he went back to it um the little uh, you know, I'm like realizing as I'm saying it, <laughs> and I'm excited to watch it again. Um, but it's, it's good;
1: it's not bad, man. It's yeah. not bad. It has its flaws, but I think it saves the the tro- uh, the sequel trilogy. Um,
0: yeah, I'll, I'll 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 have to definitely give it another shot here. Um, it's 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 interesting. Like going into uh, almost every movie I go into nowadays, I I don't have any expectations. I just say, like, look, the movie's gonna tell me what it is, you know, because if I go into, like, for example, if I went into Joker thinking that there was gonna be, like, a Batman cameo or something, I would've been super upset, you know? But I went into it going, I don't really know what's gonna happen other than Arthur is gonna become the Joker, and I'm excited to see how they do it. And I ended up not being disappointed with the movie. Um, that said that there are movies that I, I don't have expectations for that, that do disappoint me, um, which but I'd rather go in being disappointed by the movie itself rather than what I want the movie to be. You know what I mean? I agree. Yeah. And I it's agree. it's very uh and I think there's far too many people that go into these movies thinking like you know, oh, well, you know, they they need to do this with the movie and they need to bring back Darth Vader to show up in the end of Rise of Skywalker or whatever I don't know. Just throwing a random dumb thing out there that I've, that I've actually seen. And I'm just like, I'm like, yeah, but like, would that be in service of the story? You know, like, uh, yeah. And, and revenge of the Sith, you know, it was in service of the story to show Anakin's fall. The, the way he's like, you know, from being disenfranchised with the Jedi, from the, the clone war is kind of taking its toll on everybody there. Um, from the Jedi to the galaxy itself um, and I think that it's, and, you know, how true is it to our world today, the scene when um, Palpatine is talking to the Senate and he says, you know, look at what they did to me, this is how we're going to go forward, I'm making it the Empire, and, you know, that's that's just the way it's going to be from now on, and they're all clapping and cheering and going, yeah, you know, this this is our leader, we got to trust him, this is right, and... And then you have, like, Padme and Bail Organa just, you know, looking at everything around them going, you know, what the hell is going on? Yeah. And yeah. It it's,
1: rings, rings true a little bit today, it, I think.
0: Yeah, 15, 15 years early. <laughs> or maybe 11 years early if we want to go back to 2016. But You know,
1: this whole Space Force that Trump is doing, maybe it's a cover for
0: a uh, Death Star. I, You know what? Like, I remember <laughs> when Obama was in office. there. Do you remember that? When there was, like, a petition to get a Death Star made? And, no. and and the White House actually wrote a letter saying like, well, we appreciate everyone's candor, but it would cost like – it was <laughs> it was like in the – it was like in the ten digits of what it would cost. <laughs> I just wanted – I would have wanted to have be, been there when like somebody
1: from the White House went to the head White House account and said, look, I want you to run the numbers on what a Death Star would cost us.
0: <laughs> Um, Can you put
1: that together today before lunch? That'd be great. <laughs> um,
0: have you? I, I know you're not you're not a huge Family Guy fan, but there's a the the Star, the Family Guy Star Wars parodies. Um, there's a really good scene in, in the first one they did where <laughs> um, they're looking at a map of the Death Star, and and they're like, okay, so we got to get to the the prison uh, to the prison's uh, cells. It's like, okay. Uh all right, where are we now? We're 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 over here by the JCPenneys, okay? And what's what's and okay, so we're on the 3rd floor. Yeah, yeah. Uh well we parked on the 5th floor uh over by the over by the Auntie Anne's pretzel stand. Okay. okay. <laughs> It um, reminds me of
1: Spaceballs with all the, the, the mall stuff closing at the end there. <laughs> when Megami <laughs> was going
0: in <to> self-destruct mode. <laughs> um, when he says, prepare ship for ludicrous speed. <laughs> like, ludicrous speed, go! He's like, he's like, cancel the three-ring circus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's awesome. Oh. But, uh, you yeah, know. The 10th Star Wars film. Uh, what's
1: that? The 10th Star Wars film. Yeah. Spaceballs.
0: It uh 100% yes. Apparently even George Lucas is a fan of it. So um But um and getting back to uh Revenge of the Sith, you know, I obviously one of the big like attractions to the film was the final fight between Anakin and Obi-Wan um which I have to say uh back then I did have high expectations for and I was not disappointed. I even yeah. even now I think that that fight is I mean, first of all, it's choreographed, it's badass, but it's, it's also just so, it's so emotional because, you know, just a, like an hour beforehand, like movie time, you know, they were, they were saying goodbye, they were friends and, you know, and and Anakin, you know, has a great line with Obi-Wan where he says, Master, I want to apologize. I've disappointed you. I I could have been better, you know, and, and Obi-Wan's like, you know, don't even worry about it. You know, you're a great man you know i you know, i'm very proud of who you've become and then you know they go their separate ways and then the next time they see each other they you know it's to the death yeah um it's and it's uh and again i think that uh like i said Ewan mcgregor you know he's the shining you know shining star of all three of those films he's oh yeah he sold that that end speech yelling at anakin so well where you know, you know, back, I remember going to the theater and just like crying my eyes out going like, you know, I didn't want this to happen. <laughs> you know, it's like, I mean, I knew it was going to happen, obviously, but it was didn't make it any less heartbreaking when it did happen. Yeah. Yeah. He, Ewan McGregor
1: was awesome. Yeah. He was absolutely awesome. He I I really hope his solo show happens. Are they talking about either doing a movie with him or a show with
0: him? They, I think, they're doing like a mini series um, mm-hmm. that they were rewriting, and then coronavirus ruined our lives. So, yeah. <laughs> so who knows when anything is happening now? Um, although, I, I, apparently, they're already done with season two of Mandalorian. They're doing like post production on it. Um, That's cool. Yeah, and uh, I mean, some things are kind of slowly but surely getting back to normal. Um, <laughs> But
1: uh, did you did you read any of the comics with um, that talked about when Obi wan was on the planet watching over Luke?
0: Um, I remember reading one a long time ago that's no longer canon. When like Darth Maul came back and he and Obi wan fought, uh, and Luke was like you know like a toddler at that point. That was interesting. Yeah this is the ones I'm referring
1: to are the ones that have occurred since the, the, the Disney takeover. So they're, they're technically canon. Oh, okay. And like and when, when, um, Obi-Wan's kind of watching him from far away and he's protecting Luke. And then, you know, I remember when Ben comes up and just starts yelling at Obi-Wan, you know, mm. saying, you keep this nonsense out of, out of our lives. You stay away from my son, you know, just, just awesome moments there. Mm. And, um, you know again that goes back to that point I made earlier it's like Star Wars throws these great characters out there. Yeah. And then just just criminally never gives us enough information on them. Yeah. You know look at Darth Maul. Cool guy, made amazing because of Rebels and um Clone Wars. Absolutely. You know um Dooku was just had some awesome moments in the comics uh and uh, Boba Fett you know, look at Boba Fett, how he's become a fan favorite, you know, over the years. And yeah. really, prior to Solo, we didn't know anything about Han
0: Solo. Right, right. You
1: know, it's kind of mind-boggling to me. It's like, wow, I sat I sat on liking Han Solo for so long and knew nothing about him. Yeah. You know, minus what the movie showed and a few things here or there. And then we finally got the movie, which I liked. I know a lot of people did not like Solo. I thought it was great. Um, I enjoyed but, it. But... Yeah. Uh, you know, it's interesting how Star Wars does that. They give us these characters and they, or they give us a storyline and they just don't tell us or give us enough. But thank goodness for the shows and the comics that are done well to really flush out those elements in the series.
0: I I constantly tell people, you know, it's, it's interesting to me um, and I thought about this a lot when it comes to like Batman the Animated Series where it's like it's sort of dismissed because it's a cartoon, it's for kids, you know, it's Batman. It's like it's like, yeah, but nobody says that when we're talking about The Simpsons or King of the Hill, you know, those are made for adults. Um but I watched The Simpsons when I was a kid and I loved it. I still I, I watch it on Disney Plus. You know, the first few seasons, I I mean I'm still laughing my butt off all these years later. Um and I think the same thing about Batman the Animated Series, that it's very it's very all ages and Clone Wars, same way, you know. Um when they did the uh they did the whole when they brought Darth Maul back even before then when it was uh, Savage Opress um it's a really fascinating character and I just was blown away I was like man like this is really great stuff um and nobody would have thought anything of it if it had been a live action film but it being you know, uh, what
1: made all those shows so good Batman and Clone Wars is that they took these characters and they gave you a, a, a cohesive story yeah that showed their origins and their motivations and, you know, everything they had gone through and stuff like that. And so it's just kinda of strange how Star Wars does that. They're like, hey, here's this guy, General Grievous, look how cool looking he is. Yeah. What are we gonna tell him about tell you about him? Nothing. We're not gonna <laughs> tell you nothing about him, you know? But then later on he gets flushed out. Same thing with all these other characters. It's been like the constant Star Wars flaw.
0: Yeah.
1: So Which is funny, I have a friend named Matt who, he's not nearly as big of a Star Wars fanatic as me or you or my friend Mike or my friend Joe. And his thing is always, well, why should I have to watch seven episodes, seven seasons of a show in order to really understand this character? Mm -hmm. Why should I have to read these comic books in order to really understand this person's motivation or backstory? And it's a valid point.
0: It is. You know, it's
1: a valid point. And so, again, I keep going back to, I would take the prequels over the sequels any day because at least the prequels gave us an overarching cool story that showed who Darth Vader was. Flaws and all on how it was told, but at least it gave us something that prior to was was just missing in the Star Wars films and then in 7, 8, and 9. They just didn't learn from their past mistakes. They did the same thing once again. Hey, here's a bunch of cool characters. What are we going to tell you about them? Nothing. Yeah. You know, and, and they fell in that stupid trap yet again.
0: Yeah. It's uh, it's unfortunate, you know, but I, I do look forward to... I, I'm sure there will be uh, more comics, more shows. Um, you know, I mean, uh, once, you know, I mean, uh, The Mandalorian, I, I really enjoyed. Um which I was, oh yeah, it was fantastic. Which I was kind of surprised by. I was, I mean, I was excited for it, but I was also a little bit like, I don't like, you know, so many movies nowadays do this, and JJ and Abrams, you know, doing Star Wars Seven and Nine, he's one of the worst at it. It's like we have to have this veil of secrecy up until the movie comes out, and I thought that the, the Mandalorian did that too, and I was like, all right, I don't want to be spoiled, but you can tell me something, um, but I had to kind of eat my words a little bit because, but the Mandalorian. I'm glad I didn't know anything about, you know, the baby yeah. Nana, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to see what they do in season
1: two. I love that the the Darksaber is there. I love yeah, that, yeah. Uh, you know, people are talking about maybe Ahsoka Tano will show up, maybe Boba Fett will show up. I hope they all show up. Yeah. You know, some people get all whatever. They're like, oh, they're just throwing in characters that, you know, we've already had before. Why are they doing that? If I can learn more about these characters that I love, I'll take it. Yeah. You know, if you give me more story about characters that I absolutely love, I will take it. Yeah. You know, any day of the week. So I don't mind if those
0: people show up. I really hope they do, actually. Uh yeah, I, I totally agree. And it's it's interesting watching, you know, like you said, they that's such a great story with Anakin. We learn his backstory in episodes one, two, and three. Um, I thought we don't we don't learn a whole lot about his backstory, although I don't think we really need to with Obi Wan. Um obviously he's just you know, he was inducted into the Jedi when he was a boy and he, you know, trained under Qui-Gon Jinn. Um, and then, uh, you know, it, it, it's interesting watching episode three and then watching episode four and seeing, you know, how they kind of tie together in a way. Um, I I really enjoyed that aspect of it. I remember having like a marathon where I watched all six movies and how they kind of tied together. And again, them all being George Lucas, they tied together a heck of a lot better than the sequels do now. But um, did you see – I think you might have shared it on Facebook or I shared it with you. It was the, the Dr. Manhattan meme that was like, it is May 1983. I'm watching the last Star Wars movie. It is May 2005. I am watching the last Star Wars movie. It is May or it is December 2019. I am watching the last Star Wars movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's funny. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to find that one and send it to you. Uh, that's a, that's well, they're, a they're
1: already talking about doing more movies again. They're talking about the guy who um, uh, was Korg. He directed JoJo Rabbit. What's that guy's name?
0: Uh, take, take a Watiti.
1: Yeah, they're talking about him doing uh, a possible trilogy or at least a movie and. I mean, based on those things I just mentioned, I, I absolutely loved uh, Jojo Rabbit, and I, I like what I've seen from this guy, so I, um, I wouldn't necessarily mind it.
0: I highly recommend What We Do in the Shadows, um, the movie and the TV show. He's, he's, he stars in the movie and the TV show he's the producer and writer on, and it's, it's one of the funniest damn things I've ever seen in my entire life. Really? Uh, I'll yeah. check it out. But, I mean, Jojo Rabbit, I was blown away by. I loved that movie. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was pretty intense. Um, <laughs> the
1: first half hour of that movie, I was sitting there laughing at things. Going, "Oh my gosh, did they just say that? Did they just do that?" And then once the shock humor was done, it segued into a really nice, touching, cool story. Very, very, so,
0: very poignant. And I, yeah, just despite it taking place, you know, seventy years ago, I found it to be just as relevant. You know, which is unfortunately a little sad, but. I think, but that's that's the great thing about art in general, and I think that that Star Wars does that really well. Um, You know, the whole idea of the the movies was, obviously, it's good versus evil, and I like that. The prequels, they they muddy those waters just a little bit. They said, you know, well, this is when you're told this is what's good your whole life, and then you have somebody else that challenges that. You know, the Jedi are telling Anakin, no, this is good, this is right but they treat him like garbage, and then you have Palpatine, who treats him well, you know, you you could watch that and go, you know, and he has a good line where he says, you know, from my point of view, the Jedi are evil, and, and Obi-Wan just kind of can't believe it, and it's not until, like, Return of the Jedi, he says, you know, Luke says, like, you told me my father was murdered, and he says, well, what I told you was true from a certain point of view. You know, it's like, it's sort of how he reconciled it after all those years. Um, and then when he, has, when he was just a ghost living on a swamp planet, he was like, I guess, you know. <laughs> this, is, this is how it is now. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny.
1: People, people bashed Rise of uh, Skywalker, you know, they were saying, oh, it was just thrown together. There's no, you know, um, <sighs> that if you really watch it and you really pay attention to the things that are said and the things that are done, you can tell a lot of thought was put into what happened in that film yes. because there are yep. those subtle little references to older things both from the original trilogy prequel trilogy and from the current trilogy um you know that sequence when ben and uh and han solo are there you know near the wreckage of the death star that whole sequence is just awesome you talk about like scenes that gave, gave you chills, that gave me chills, where he was once again yeah. forced with that huge decision, and then he turned it through the saber into the ocean. Yeah. And uh, again, I, I just can't imagine Ben not being saved. I'm so glad, because like, you know, I, I mentioned earlier that Star Wars, can you imagine a Star Wars trilogy ending on a bad note? Three did end on a bad note. Yeah. But we knew that it would ultimately end on a good note because of Six. Right. We knew that he wasn't completely lost if they would have done nine with Ben staying in the dark side and staying this horrible person and dying, I don't know. I mean, that's not star Wars to me. I want, I want redemption. I want the good guys winning. I want, you know, maybe it's hokey or whatever, but it's star Wars. You know, it's it, that's what it's supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about hope and redemption and family. And you know, that's, that's what it is for me.
0: So. That's that's beautiful. And I think that's as good good a place as any to end. Um, there it is. You, there uh, is.
1: All, our, all our listeners are crying right now, so we really can't go on any further.
0: <laughs> well, we no could. We could, we could transition to some more Jojo Rabbit talk. but um, <laughs> There you go. <laughs> uh, Start blowing stuff up and doing what Nazis do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Oh, what a great movie! Anyway, apparently things are not going
1: very well, but I'm told we're doing good. So so like,
0: oh, yeah, that's, that's fine. Um, oh goodness! Like, heil Hitler, hi Hitler, hi Hitler, Heil Hitler. Heil Hitler. He- <laughs> Which apparently is historically accurate, from what I heard. I, I did not, yeah. I did not know that, um, but that was interesting. Oh my goodness! Uh, well, Corey, thank you so much for joining us again. Um, it's always a blast to have you on the on the on the show, and um, you know, like I said, you know, it's. Uh, you know, I've said this to Jesse too. We just—this is just us normally talking. It's just now we're just yeah, recording right. it. So
1: now we're sharing our stupidity to the whole <laughs> world.
0: Um, it's not all stupid. Um. No, it's
1: like ninety-eight percent stupid, but if you can get that two percent. If you if you if you make yourself listen long enough to get that two percent, good for you.
0: <laughs> we appreciate your patronage. <laughs> we
1: appreciate that. Keep tuning in for that two percent.
0: Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, again, Corey, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, we'll we'll get you back definitely soon. Uh, there's so much stuff coming up, you know with. There's always going to be more Star Wars oh stuff coming, and, you know, we got the Batman coming out next year. I'm sure you and I will be gushing over that. Um, oh, my gosh, yeah. And uh, so we're going we're gonna to sign off now, and to all you comic junkies out there, may the Force be with you.